Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we've been doing a series here about the virtues and the need and the importance of bringing them into our lives to be able to bring them out into the world. And as we've mentioned that each of these virtues in their own right make us more like God and bring more of his will here on earth as we're called to do every time we pray the Our Father. And the one that we're going to talk about here today seems to be, as I'm looking around, possibly one of the ones that's lacking more so and more evident than than pretty much any of the other ones I can think of. And that is the virtue of kindness. It seems that the more and more we're looking around in the world, negativity is the branch that people are using to to make themselves known, whether it be digitally trying to sell a product or what have you. There just seems to be a giant emphasis and a negative cloud floating around a lot of aspects of people's lives and kindness being the counter to that the the goal for the future so i wanted to start off today by using what is kindness from a virtual or from a virtuous standpoint you know when when the church uses the term kindness what are they trying to articulate what are they trying to say um, and just go from there. Well, um, kindness, I think, as uh, you know, we can recognize in the in the word easily enough is yeah, being caring. It's uh, it's perhaps withholding our our anger it's uh it, it's actually listed as one of the fruits of the holy spirit um more so than than maybe as a uh as a virtue but uh you know certainly that that fruit of the holy spirit that that comes when we are faithful to the lord is uh is is such a beautiful thing i think one of the ways that we can approach kindness is to see that it it contains the word kin, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Greek original has that kind of connotation that you're really treating, you're making someone kin, you're treating them like your own family. And that just recognizes that, naturally speaking, we tend to favor our own families. Our default is to favor our own families. And there's something in that, in justice, in the virtue of justice, but uh, because our families, our parents have given us life, we actually owe them a debt that we can never repay them. We can never give them life in exchange for them having given us life. It's, it's simply unrepayable. Um, but then also our, our brothers and sisters and our parents' relatives, for our parents' sake, we, we love them in a special way. Uh, we love them as our kin. We love them as our family. And so we have a certain deference, a certain... Uh, respect, a uh, certain generosity, uh, sensitivity, and we treat our families a little bit differently. Kindness is treating someone else 
with that kind of that same kind of deference or that same kind of respect, that same kind of generosity, that same kind of sensitivity, we're we're treating someone in a way like we would we would treat our families. And there's there's so much that's communicated through kindness. As you said, we know the damage that it does when we have the kind of negativity, when there's the viciousness, the harshness, uh, you know, comment boxes on YouTube and, and blogs and things like that are just horrendous in the sort of bashing that comes out and the unmitigated <clears throat> attack on people's character and uh, reduction of their person. Anyway, just terrible stuff is in those uh, can come out in those those blogs or, or com boxes. But kindness is again treating people like kin. And so we could also say that it's it's putting myself in their shoes. We associate that way with our family and we can have that kind of association with others as well. Uh, how do how would I feel if I were on the receiving end of this blast, this uh, harsh attack, this viciousness? How would I feel? if I were in their shoes. And when we treat people like kin, when we treat them like ourselves, when we treat people kindly, then uh, there's, a, there's a, a gentleness and sensitivity that comes from empathy, from feeling what they might feel, from uh, you know, having that, that kind of uh, yeah, deference to the person, respect for the person. Everybody is made in the image and likeness of God. And so they really, everyone really is part of our family. It's why we pray our father. Uh, we don't, I just don't just pray my father or, you know, Joe and my father, uh, our father, it's, it's inclusive. And so it, people who have the same father are siblings. They're my brothers and sisters. Do I treat them like that? Or do I treat them like strangers, aliens? Do I treat them like enemies? How, how do I treat people? And to treat people with kindness does a tremendous amount of good uh, and can really do beautiful things in people's souls and can make for more beautiful relationships and can help all of us to call out to and to recognize the presence of God the Father in our lives. So yeah, kindness is certainly a, a beautiful thing for us to practice. Certainly. And as you broke down that word. I never really thought of it like that. But I think that we all have a, a, a family member, maybe they've already passed, that you had a special extra relation with. Maybe reverence is the right word, but definitely a respect that, that you cared about what they thought and, and you know, trying to, to make things right in their eyes. So when you br say that like that, it's a stark contrast to, to what you see out in a lot of the world and that your goal in kindness is to bring that positive, you know, energy, that positive feeling and desire to do right to the rest of the world and all of our doings. And it's just something that I think that a lot of people are lacking <laughs> And uh, what I wanted to kind of pivot this to being the next steps of how do we best bring that into the world to basically make this 
dark cloud of anger go away from uh, from what our small part in the society can be to try to brighten it up for someone else. Well, when you talk about a dark cloud, you know, one of the best ways to overcome darkness is through light. It's as St. Paul said, overcome evil with good. And uh, so by by bringing kindness into the, the dark cloud, the, um, you know, there's, I was just listening to, gosh, what was that? Somebody else's podcast, um, something. And somebody was, was saying they went through a toll booth and said to the toll booth person, how are you doing today? And the toll booth person actually, no, I think they were actually on their, on their phone as they were coming up to the toll booth and, and kind of ended and, and put the phone down and then just apologized and said, sorry, I, there was uh, someone just called and I thought it was my, my daughter who's at school and um, she was, you know, there, there, there was some emergency. And uh, so sorry, I, I, would, I didn't mean to be rude like that. And the toll booth person began to cry and said, you don't know how much it means to me that you treat me like a person because so many people come through here on their phone and as if I don't even exist, as if I were just a machine or an, you know, an, an, an automat that they're sticking their money into. And uh, she said, I just feel so alienated sitting in here all day. So that kind of thing is so beautiful for us if we can treat people like human beings. And that does a tremendous amount to lift that dark cloud. When you smile at somebody, that's uh, one of the things that Mother Teresa always said is, you know, peace begins with a smile. I remember after visiting the Missionaries of Charity in India, and I was going through the airport security in India, which was crazy. I mean, they, they basically, more security meant they they did the same security check badly three times instead of just once, you know, like opened my bag and kind of put a hand in there. You know, I had layers of stuff in there. They didn't begin to actually see anything that was in the bag. But then I had to go through that three more times where they opened my bag and stuck their hand in there. You know, it was just like kind of crazy. But anyway, I was uh, I was getting irritated. It was taking too long. It was hot and uncomfortable. And it's uh, and I remember Mother Teresa saying, peace begins with a smile. You know, if I start frowning at the security guards, that's how you create war, because then they get irritated that I'm frowning at them, and they have more power than me, and then they treat me badly, and then I creates an international incident because I'm being uh, you know, discriminated against as an American citizen or something. And you can just see how these things go south so quickly. But kindness, on the other hand, uh, changes things. A smile can change things. And I experienced that there. It changed things in my heart, first of all. I was allowing some some bitterness to get in there and getting a little bit sour about the fact that I was, uh, you know, had to go through all of this. But just forcing myself to smile helped me to find something to smile about, helped me to recognize that these were human beings. They probably didn't like being in this position any more than I did. And that smile kind of lifted a cloud and then someone smiled back at me and then I felt better and they felt better and someone else saw this and they kind of smiled and all of a sudden there's, you know, just a little bit of joy 
in that in that setting. And so by by doing little random acts of kindness, by doing little gestures of uh, of being kind to one another, treating people like human beings, paying attention to them, being sensitive to them. Uh, I remember seeing, you know, one of these uh, airline, I'm thinking about airports now for some reason, but one of these uh, like United agents who was didn't have anything to do with the fact that somebody had missed their plane and and this person was irate and just yelling at this at this agent air, airline agent and it was just so crazy because she didn't she couldn't do anything i mean it's not like it was her fault and and she couldn't do anything to fix it anyway and this person just yelling and yelling and you know and then just what a difference it makes when that person uh, the airline agent kind of kept her cool and was as kind as she could be in response and tried to diffuse this guy a little bit. But a lot of other people online saw that and just, you know, came up and apologized and said, I'm so sorry, you shouldn't have to deal with that. And and suddenly there was all of this charity that flowed out of that moment uh, because she had remained, she had kept her cool and had remained kind. Other people come up and are kind to her. And, uh, and so something beautiful emerges from that. But yeah, just these, uh, these little acts of kindness. And of course, in our own homes too, you know, we shouldn't treat airline stewardesses nicely and then treat our own family members poorly. We should treat, we should be kind to our kin also. And sometimes we take people, take each other for granted. Married couples just presume they're always going to be there. And so they don't bother saying please and thank you and, and treating each other with reverence and, and kindness, uh, sensitivity and and care. So, yeah, it does. A, it goes a long way. A kind word, a smile, goes a long way toward uh, lifting the the dark cloud of negativity and suspicion and rancor and uh, from from our world. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like those examples because you know, at the end of the day, there's only so much people can do, and you know, you, you go through some of those tool things and, and, you know, I bought the easy pass. I actually don't see people anymore. I go through the one where it is only the machine, but you can see how that could be a, an isolating feeling there. Um, sitting in the box by yourself all day. And yeah, I, I guess it gets back to the rest of it. I mean, there, there's not rarely does any one person have the complete authority or, or the power to do everything. I think we talked about that in the humility episode two weeks ago. We really can't do anything on our own. And I think that to start with that initial level of fairness and respect is something that that really is lacking. I know that in my particular diocese, we're going through an issue of of reconsolidation. And there's a lot of people in situations where Let's just say the virtues are not popping up very much. Let's put it like that. And there's a, there's people feeling justified in, in tearing down essentially other communities. And ultimately, it's a problem that I'm trying to grapple with. You know, at the end of the day, I, I'm just an, another parishioner. Yeah, sure, I do some extra volunteer stuff there. But I'm still just a another person showing up at mass on Sunday. Um, 
And I'm trying to figure out ultimately what is it that I can do or anyone else in, as a parishioner could do to try to to create a element of peace and happiness. Because as we've gone through before, when you outpour your love and charity and follow the virtues, it's a lot more pleasant to be. As you just said, when you smile, it presents kindness. When you present negativity, it brings the cloud, the the cloud of, of negativity. So I'm trying to figure out from my own spot here, what is it that I can do? And as I'm sure all of our listeners have maybe not about a particular parish, but something else in their lives that would be able to relate to in this capacity. Yeah, it's always easy to be negative. You know, we can always, we can turn into bitter people easily enough. We can find something to complain about. We can find somebody to demonize. We can find uh, something to, uh, to, to be upset about. We can always do that. And it's, it's easy and it doesn't cost us anything. There's no risk involved in the sense that, you know, I'm not putting my own heart on the line. I'm not putting anything precious of myself on the line. I'm not being vulnerable at all. I'm not really opening up. And I'm just complaining about that thing over there, that person over there, this pastor, this bishop, this, you know, pastoral minister, uh, this congressman, this president, this uh policeman, this whatever, you know, I just complain about all these things. And I'm not really investing anything of myself in any of that. But just to, to make a shift, and we can do that also in, a, in an important way, through our prayer, you know, complaining about the President of the United States is not going to do a bit of difference to change him. But if you pray for him, that actually will affect him. Uh, likewise, for our bishop or for our pastor or for um, the the woman at the grocery store or for the, the stranger that we met on the subway earlier, uh, whoever it is, complaining about that person makes us kind of feel a little better in ourselves. We feel like we're better than they are and we uh, put ourselves in a place of judgment. We inflate our hearts with some pride and we make it look like, you know, I'm good enough I have all the answers and that person is just uh, uh, doesn't know what they're doing. And so we condemn them. And um, but all of that is a, a, a cheap fix and it does nothing to actually positively affect the situation. Uh, I've just inflated myself and I've put this person down, but I haven't done anything to change them. Whereas praying for that person, just stopping and saying, Lord, I don't know why that person is so bitter. I don't know why that person is struggling so much. I don't know why that person is doing what they're doing, but please help them. Please help our president. Please help our pastor. Please help our bishop. I know that whatever else he may do or not do or whatever, he needs our he needs prayer. He needs your help, Lord. And so please help him to be the best that uh that he can be. And and help me to be understanding of his own shortcomings and his own difficulties. And, um, and, and by the way, I got my own problems and I need my own help, you know? So that's where humility also comes into play. Humility and charity are, are good foundational points for kindness. And so our last two podcasts on humility and charity are good things to reference. How can I be 
a little bit more humble about this situation, not presuming that I know what it's like to be the president of the United States or not presuming that I know what it's like to be the bishop of this diocese or the pastor of this parish. Um, gosh, they got to deal with a lot of stuff that I sure don't want to deal with. And so um, what can I do? Well, I, I can certainly pray for them and help them to be at their best. So, yeah, those are just a, a few concrete pathways to expressing kindness, choosing kindness rather than bitterness, negativity, complaining, and so forth. That is a very fair point. It is very easy to go to the negative. It is, as you said, you're not putting any of yourself out there when you're tearing someone else down. And one of the things that has definitely come across in talking about this series is that opening yourself up with love is the goal and the end byproduct of of being kind in this particular episode's case. But in with all of all of the missions of how to live live the life of Christ is pouring out yourself in love. But going the negative is the exact opposite. You're not putting yourself out there at all. It's it's in a sense the direct opposite of the direction of going towards Christ and and what we ought to to be against yet it's such an easy temptation to fall into and you know obviously in, in the our father we, we pray to be delivered from temptation how knowing that not doing bad is not the same as doing good but how do we at least stem that tide from the temptation of blaming everyone else, lacking the focus and self-centeredness that's required to actually be kind and outpour our love towards each other and treat everyone else as our own family as kindness calls for. Well, I think it's important to uh, know ourselves well enough to know how we're tempted, to know what things get under our, our skin. Not everybody is, tempted not everybody struggles in the in the same way um so it's good to know you know what are the kinds of things that people do what are the kinds of things that people say that kind of get under my skin that that trigger me that uh that cause me to be uh frustrated or critical or negative that uh cause me to raise myself up above someone else so being aware of our our thin places, uh, um, being aware of our own temptations is, uh, is a good way to keep from falling into negativity. It's also really helpful to have somebody to hold you accountable. I know uh, my, my confreres, uh, my brother monks have uh, called me out sometimes and they're like, hey, Boniface, you're like getting a little bit intense there about that, uh, you know, that liturgy that you're complaining about. Uh, about that religious order, about that person, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, I wasn't even just sort of went down that path and didn't recognize what I was doing. And so I was grateful that somebody called my attention to it. So having uh, having accountability and, and stating that intention, like, hey, man, yeah, I want you to call me out. If I ever start going down that path of, of negativity and start complaining about the whatever, the bishop or the pastor or the pope or the president or 
whoever, um, you know, can you just like draw my attention to that and stop me because I'm not always paying attention to it. And having somebody to hold me accountable like that can be a tremendous help and and keeping me on the right path. Um, so sure. those are uh, yeah, those are those are a couple of simple practices that we can aim for. Sure, and you know, as I think that through, I think that's part of being on on a team. I don't know, know if the sport necessarily matters, or even if it needs to be a sport. Um, but you know, I've come to mind thinking about football here. And if you think about football, you got eleven people on the field at any given t- time for your team, and each of you have your own responsibility. Do all of you have the ball? No, there's one ball in eleven of you, but all of you are playing an importance to that given play to either, um, you know, if you're on offense, move the ball downfield, or if you're on defense, to stop it. And, you know, every sport has their own analogy, but the point is is that while your job might not be as glamorous on this particular play being a backside blocker, it's still important because if you let that guy come in free, you the play's not going to work. And, you know, needless to say, over the – Years of practice, there's going to be times where you're going to mess up. You're just not going to always be able to do everything perfectly because we're not robots. And I think it's important to always have that type of team atmosphere to be able to call you out, um, to have to have that camaraderie around you. And ultimately, what I have you know, witnessed is that those that are the ones that call you out in the way that is appropriate ends up being some of your most trusted friends um, normally when it's all said and done. But for some reason that doesn't seem to penetrate into the church culture as much as it does in the sports world. And I know we don't have a lot of time left in this cast, but that thought there might be something worth pursuing is that how would that be possible? Is that something even worth desiring. Well, I think we do um, develop that in the church world when we go <clears throat> a step beyond simply showing up for mass on Sunday. You know, when we really get involved in the in the Catholic community and the parish community, when we start to get involved in in men's groups or in I mean traditionally like the Knights of Columbus or the Holy Name Society or the Legion of Mary or whatever, some of these groups uh, are, you know, certain Bible studies or um, I know a group of of families that meets weekly, you know, married couples meet with each other weekly. And uh, anyway, they they sort of mix that around. They've made little small communities, small groups, um, like a team within the team. And they're they're on the same side, you know, and supporting each other. They have a chance to spend a little more time together and get to know each other, and so they can also uh, stay accountable to each other. We have uh, even in our seminary. Our seminary is a small enough group in its own, St. Vincent Seminary. But uh, within the seminary, the men get into smaller groups, maybe four four men, and they meet weekly. And they, their structure is to look at a rose, a bud, and a thorn is a kind of simple way to say it. A rose is a place, a place of growth in their life where they want to praise God and share that. A bud is a, 
uh, a rose is a kind of something that has grown already. It's a it's a fruit, I guess, um, a, a flower, something that's coming forth. The bud is something that's in progress. They're they're seeing some growth in this area. It's a place that they're working on. And then a thorn is a difficulty, a particular struggle that they're having, uh, difficulty from inside of themselves or from someone on the outside. And so by sharing those with each other, and then they can ask for each other to hold them accountable. Maybe an area of growth is not speaking so negatively, and they ask their brothers in the small group, well, can you kind of keep me accountable to that? And uh, and next week when we meet, I want to tell you how I did. And so I'm going to um, be accountable to the group. And if you see me misbehaving outside of the setting, please call my attention to it. You know, so uh, those kinds of groups do exist in the church, and not just in seminaries. As I said, groups of families or groups according to certain interests, um, secular Carmelite groups or Benedictine Oblates or whatever. There are a lot of different little spirituality groups that, that exist and where we can have a little more intimate, uh, personal kinds of sharing and, and mutual support. Well, I think what you just called there was to look out there and start building them within our immediate area here. That's so, right. So and that's obviously something that that we can look into and, and do probably won't have a cast about it, but also something that anyone out there who's listening, who feels that there could be a need out there that could be done as well. So with that being said, we went a little bit long in today's episode, but we definitely thank you for listening and being here with us. And we will be with you again next week. Thank you everyone. And we'll see you then.